You are listening to a message from Thrive Community Church, a church located in Southwest Florida. For more info, visit us at thrive-fl.org. It's great to be here today, and yeah, uh, Phil's right. We're going to have to be short, I guess. Um, That's what happens when room reservations are done. Once in a while, we have that happen. So we're going to be going through uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now, if you happen to have on your phone or iPad or something um, the Bible in the U version, um, we have notes for this, and in fact, quite a few. You can just look up under Live. When you go under More, then you look under Live, and you'll get all sorts of notes because there's stuff that I can't say today because of the time limit that will give you more information there. So our uh, passage today is 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, and I'll read that to you right now. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one accordingly, individually, as he wills. Yeah, the irony is there. Of all the Sundays to have a short message, this one's the tough one. There is so much to share. And that's why in the U version. We have, under Thrive Community Church, gifted by the Spirit, all sorts of extra notes. And in it, you'll find a great, um, a link to a great article by Tim Keller, who will go into more details on the gifts, as well as you'll find out the variety of definitions for the different gifts that are listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, three different versions of spiritual gift inventories that you can take online for free and find out, maybe start exploring what maybe are my gifts and how do they fit into the body of Christ. But we're going to focus on one verse today, and maybe I'll be short because of that, and that is verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That one verse. Now what amazes me um, when I was reading this passage, is something that hit me for the first time when I read it, is um, just before that verse, in verse 4 through 6, if you look at that, three times, hmm, three times Paul mentions something about gifts. The first he says is there are a variety of gifts but the same spirit. The next time he says there are a variety of service but the same Lord. And the third is there are a variety of activities but the same God. And At first you think that's just redundancy, but it isn't. What's amazing is this, the varieties of gifts, same spirit, the varieties of service, and the same Lord, that's Jesus, and the varieties of 
manifestations of powers or workings, the same God, the Father, you end up, there's a Trinitarian character already at the beginning of this passage that says, more or less, this is what the gifts are. And you know what's going on there? Do you realize the gifts that God gives you and me, whatever they happen to be, are the same gifts, the same workings, the same manifestations, the same things he uses inter-Trinitarianly. <laughs> Can you say that word? In other words, in between the three persons of the Trinity as they exalt and praise and glorify and honor and love and serve one another in this amazing... God is a God of community. God is a God of love. He understands love and community because that's who he is from the beginning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the way that he ministers to each one of the persons within that, from one to the next, is the way he ministers to us and then through us. You get the same gifts. You become part of that Trinitarian community. So let's look at that passage then when it says simply in verse 7 and take it apart to each the first words. To each. To each. That's you. There's no excuses. There's no exclusions. It says to each. It's not like to some, but it's to each. Everyone is a minister. Everyone is given gifts for the sake of others and for the sake of ministry. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He has called you into his kingdom and he gives you gifts for service. So it's not like, well, you know, those people over there, they know, they've, no. There is such an egalitarian nature in the body of Christ as is listed in this chapter that everyone is gifted and everyone is given abilities for the sake of the body and for the sake of everyone else. There is no redundancy in this body. There is no such thing as an unnecessary person. And that means that when you are missing from when we are gathered together, whenever that is, we lose out. And when you are on your own and kind of separate from other fellow Christians in the body, you lose out as well. There's no replacement. There's no substitute to each is given. To each is given. Like we said last week, by grace we are saved through faith, that we are gifted by God, we don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We don't make a deal for it. We don't merit it in any way. You receive it, and God chooses to give as he sees fit. And it's interesting, in verse 11 of this text, it says that all these who are empowered by one and the same spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. What is the spirit's will? Why does he give gifts the way he does? Why do some get this and some get that? You notice no one has them all. You're not complete in yourself. You need other people. 
And later in that passage, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 towards the end when he talks about the body, it says the fact that to the seemly members, less seems to be given. And to those who are less presentable, more is given so that there is unity in the body. So the spiritual gifts, the way God apportions them through the Spirit is such that we are unified in our ministry to one another and that there is an egalit, that everyone is included and everyone has a place according to what their gifts are. Of all places, the Christian church is to be the place where people say, I belong. And I matter. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. And this is where Paul will talk about the different manifestations of the Spirit in this passage. There's actually a number of passages in the New Testament. I don't think any of them are prescriptive, but they are descriptive. That is, they describe some of the manifestations, but they're not the exhaustive list of them all. So we have 1 Corinthians chapter 12 here, and then chapter 14 as well. We have Romans chapter 12, we have 1 Peter 4, and we have Ephesians 4, are just some of the listings of the manifestations or gifts of the Spirit. But I think when I recalled this and I was looking at this, Something that really came to mind was um, Jesus' first sermon. He preached it in the synagogue in Capernaum, and he sat down. That's what they did in those days. They, he sat down with the scroll from Isaiah, and he opens it up, and he reads Isaiah 61. And you know what it says? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the suffering and afflicted. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to announce liberty to captives, and to open the eyes of the blind. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of God's favor to them has come in the day of his wrath to their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of heaviness. For God has planted them like strong and grateful oaks for his own glory. And Jesus closed up the scroll and he said, this passage is fulfilled in your hearing. That's me. Well, he didn't say that's me, but that's what he was implying. That was his ministry. To start his ministry, it was anointed by the Holy Spirit, and look at what he was accomplishing in his ministry. Spiritual gifts correspond to different aspects of the public ministry of Jesus. You are serving like Jesus when you use your spiritual gifts. And they correspond to that Trinitarian community of love and grace and mercy and goodness and truth and service and self-sacrifice that God has had always because God is love. In Jesus' ministry, some people have broken down over time uh, into three archetypes from the Old Testament, three different types of people in the Old Testament that kind of foretell who Jesus is, the prophet, the priest, and the king. And you can basically divide spiritual gifts along prophetic, priestly, and kingly different gifts. The prophetic gifts are those where a person 
speaks for God to people in one form or another, hopefully preaching and teaching our prophetic gifts that you are hearing God's word today, not John's word, that you are hearing what God has to say and that it comes home and applies directly to you and that that gift is so important because it's spoken right to your heart and to your life. And some of the prophetic gifts that are listed in the New Testament include things like evangelism and teaching and prophecy and interpretation of tongues and speaking and knowledge and discerning different spirits and wisdom gifts. They are gifts where God's word applies directly to you from someone else and you receive that and hear what God has to say for your life. Then there are the priestly gifts, those where one person, instead of representing God to people, a priest is one who represents the people to God. And so these are the gifts of ministry and service where a person comes alongside of you and advocates for you and cares for you and sympathizes with you. Gifts like encouragement and helps and healing and pastoring and serving and sharing and giving and gifts of mercy and potentially the gift of speaking in tongues if it is done in such a way as to be a supplication and intercession for the sake of others. And then thirdly are the kingly gifts. And that is where one is enabled to help enlarge or spread the kingdom of God. Things like administration, apostleship, leadership, the gift of faith seems to be here as spoken of where someone says, yes, this is what God wants us to do. Let's go for it. It's high risk, high adventure, but this is what God wants. And the kingdom of God expands through those gifts. So those are some ways to be considering in your life right now. Wait a minute. I could have prophetic gifts. Yes. I could have priestly gifts. Yes. I could have kingly gifts. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to explore more of these, like I said in the U version we have, there are two things that you can basically do. The first is to take one of those spiritual gift inventories. Now, the thing about the spiritual gift inventories, by the way, um, they're very similar to personality tests, many of them. So sometimes I wonder about them. But secondly, they assume you know yourself very well. And I'll tell you, most of us don't know ourselves that well. We really don't. They're a good place to start and to say, hey, maybe I've got those gifts. But the best way to understand what your spiritual gifts may be is to start serving. That's the real way to start serving, to start giving, to start trying things out. Like Phil mentioned at the end of service, hey, maybe your gift is helps. Well, we'll need your help at the end of the service. Try it out. See it. Um, we're going to be taking down our set, packing it up, going to lunch. Maybe your gift is hospitality. Well, great. Try it out today. Come to lunch with us. I'm sure Cheddar's won't mind another person. Find out if your gift is one of encouragement. Try it out. Look at other people. Share what you, and let them tell you. You know the best way I find out what I'm good at? It's when I hear from others. After I've done something, wow, you're really good at that. I'm not whole in my, none of us have all the gifts. 
Do you realize that? None of us do. No one's self-contained. That is not why we were set up this way. We were set up to be interdependent, to be community, to be connected together. So it is, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, and here might be the most important point, for the common good. In our consumer culture, where you try to get the biggest bang for the buck, the greatest experience for the least investment of time or energy, that Paul tells us that we are gifted for the sake of the common good, what's best for us all, is so countercultural. But I'll tell you, it was countercultural for the Corinthians as well. They were a very me-first culture. They used their own gifts for themselves. That is why Paul had to spell out the spiritual gifts to them in such detail in this book. And then in the middle of it, he throws 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter, all because they were not using their gifts or their abilities in love. They were using them for themselves. And he had to even do what he didn't really want to do. Somehow they were making the gift of speaking in tongues and ecstatic utterances, the most, the highest of all gifts, because it edified themselves, and he had to turn it around and say, yeah, but that's it. The problem is it just edifies yourself. The greater gifts are those that serve others more. Yeah, sure, speak in tongues all you want as your own prayer language to be edified yourself, but realize If you could speak one word that encourages someone else, wow, it's all the better. It's all the better. You're here for the common good. You're here for the sake of others. The Spirit doesn't give you gifts for your sake. He gives you gifts for others' sake. And there are three benefits when you start serving others. Three different benefits. The first is self-knowledge. As I said, I start learning much more about myself when I have used my gifts or I've tried things out for others. I learn what I'm really good at. You know, once you start serving, you will find so many latent gifts you didn't know you had. You didn't even know they were gifts. You didn't know they were unique. Start serving. And you will learn more about yourself. Secondly, Community. Consumer culture, if you haven't figured this out, is so isolating and so individualistic when it's just what's in it for me, that's all you get is me. And then thirdly, the third benefit is fulfillment. I don't know how many times people... Our group that went to Haiti last year over spring break, they came back. It was just amazing because they realized how fulfilling it was to serve others. And almost every one of you, if you've ever done something like that, whether it's, you know, overseas or here at home, you realize that's what life is all about. Self-expenditure is self-fulfillment. Now maybe today all of this talk seems a little foreign to you. You just kind of show up. You want to kind of 
explore some spirituality, and we're thrilled to have you here for that. Maybe the Holy Spirit and all this talk about spiritual gifts, you grew up in a faith tradition very similar to mine that really didn't talk about this stuff. You know, we kind of, the Holy Spirit was the unnamed person, kind of like Voldemort, you know, don't want to talk about him because, you know, that could be scary if he's in control and I'm out of control. Um, the Christian life actually is a life lived out of control. I don't need to be in the control seat, you know. Jesus does take the wheel. He takes a lot more. He'll take your whole life. But maybe serving other, all this talk, you're just kind of going like, what? well, okay, I might be able to dabble in that. Well, what we're saying today to you, just about who Thrive is and what Thrive is trying to be, is we are not a consumer church. Now, we are glad to serve you. But the best way we can help or serve you is to get you to serve others. It's kind of like we're glad to feed you, but we're also glad to coach you and exercise you so that you're living a holistic life. We need it as well. And the best way maybe for us to serve you today is to tie this all up with the last point, maybe the first point, and that is that grace itself is the greatest of gifts. And all of this, as we said from last week, fits into that by grace we are saved through faith. It is a gift of God. It's all about the gift of God, everything being a gift. Do you realize Jesus pours himself out upon the cross? And all that he accomplished through his cross and resurrection is what he pours out in spiritual gifts. These are the benefits of everything that he did in serving us. In fact, Ephesians 4 states it that way. It says, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. In other words, when he went through his death and resurrection, his humiliation and then his exaltation, his choice was to then pour out upon all of us his benefits, his gifts, his ministries, so that we would be the body of Christ. You can't really know what it's like to serve until you have been served with the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. You don't know what it's to really love until you have been loved first by God. We want to make sure that that's the gift that you receive this day if you have never received it before. Would you like that? Do you want more of that if you've already got some? Because Jesus gave his very last breath away so that you would be gifted. Would you please pray with me?